Nothing But The Words, episode number 61. Bring your reader into your world. Welcome to Nothing But The Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis. I hope your week and your writing are going really, really well. Today, I want to address a shortfall I see a lot with new writers, and this is it. Many new writers neglect to take their readers into their world, the setting of their story. This applies to novels and memoirs, of course, because those books are really just one big story made up of smaller stories, but it also applies to many how-to books and definitely to subject matter expert books because you're telling stories in those books as well. Keep in mind that no matter how ordinary and familiar the places you've lived and worked and traveled and studied may seem to you, your reader will likely be completely unfamiliar with that place. And even if they are familiar with it in some way, they haven't had your experience of it. When you tell a story, more often than not, you need to set the scene for your readers. You need them to understand where this actually took place. So you need to make the setting come alive. I recently worked with a client who grew up in St. Lucia. I worked with a client who was born and raised in Venezuela and also with a client who grew up in New Orleans. It's so important that they paint a clear picture of the environment that surrounded them because those settings are really specific, really unique, really different, and they all really impact the story. The client who grew up in New Orleans, it would be really easy for him to say, well, people know New Orleans. It has a reputation. Its culture is understood. People can look at it on TV. They have a general idea of what New Orleans is like. But frankly, the part of New Orleans he grew up in is not the part that we see on television shows. And even if we do, that's often a biased <laughs> portrayal. If nothing else, it's a portrayal through one director, one visionary's eyes. It's not the experience of the setting that my client had. And even if you visited some of those places, if you grew up there, if you traveled there, if you worked there, your experience is not going to be the same experience your reader may have had of that setting. It's so important to create that setting because you as the author were steeped in the culture, you were embraced or rejected or ignored by the people, and in many ways you were shaped by an experience that couldn't have happened exactly that way in any other place. And I'm not just talking about towns and cities, I'm also talking about your neighborhood, your classroom, the places where you worked, wherever your story took place, that's the setting you need to bring the reader into. If your story takes place in your school or university or a typical cubicle-filled office, your view of it will still be different from the student who had the desk next to you or the perspective of the person one cubicle over from yours. When you describe a place, it helps to get really specific with details. Generalities will not suffice. Even if you're describing a vanilla, cookie-cutter, suburban neighborhood, the details matter. Your reader will instinctively compare and contrast those details with the bland suburban neighborhoods that they've experienced. They'll feel a sense of connection or curiosity or both based on your description. Now, there are lots of ways you can bring your readers into the physical world of your story. So you can tell us the name of the place. <laughs> That's a good start. And don't worry that people 
might never have heard of your town or might never have heard of that place that you worked or might never have heard of your school. That's okay. Some people will be familiar with it. Some people will be so interested as to look it up. Some people will just allow you to describe it and take your word for it. If it's a case where you feel like you can't speak publicly about that place, you can always change the name. Just advise readers that you have changed it. Say it's a company and you don't want to make anyone look bad. Although some bad things happen, you may change the name of the company. That's perfectly fine as long as you give it a concrete name so the reader has that name to hold on to. And you just, you have a disclaimer that explains that you have changed some of the names. So tell us the name of the place, whatever place it might be. If it's a setting that many people think they're familiar with, like let's say New York or Los Angeles or Paris, people have ideas in their heads of what these places are like. Miami, for example. But we're usually wrong, right? If we've only visited as a tourist or more than likely our image of these cities come to us from television and movies and books, we don't have a true image of what that place is like. And we surely don't have a true image of what you've experienced. So pull out the details from those places that go beyond what the average person might think that they know. Give us a sense of the people who populated that setting that the people that you experienced, whether it's a city you lived in, a classroom where you struggled to learn, a factory where you boxed cough syrup, I did that job once upon a time, or whatever the place may be, a hospital room where you woke up unexpectedly one day, give us a sense of it. Believe it or not, some people have never been a patient in a hospital. I've only been hospitalized twice and that was to have babies. (laughs) So not everyone has that experience. So you might wanna just give some description of what that place is like. Tell us about the people who were there. How did they treat you? Who in that setting had the most impact on you and in what ways, positive or negative? Who was on your side and who made your life more difficult? Consider the five senses in your description. What were the smells of that place? What did it smell like? We may think we know what a hospital room smelled like, but maybe that's not what it smelled like to you. What were the sounds of that place? Could you hear nurses in, what are those called, crocs squeaking down the hallway? Could you hear the beeping of a monitor that had come undone and no one was coming to fix it? What were the sounds of that room? Describe the geography and the climate and how they shape the people and the culture of your setting. So if you grew up in New Orleans, that's a really specific geography and climate. If you grew up in Richmond, Virginia, that climate is not the same as Atlanta, Georgia. Describe it. Let us see how it impacted the culture. You can also compare and contrast the setting of your story with another neighborhood or office or school or whatever the space happens to be. And that will allow us to see the difference. So for example, if you, like I did, went from public school to private school, you could compare and contrast those two settings and it would give people an even better idea of what each one was like. Most importantly, show us what the place meant to you and your story. How did it impact you? How did it shape you? What did it mean to you then? Were you attached to it? Were you fond of it? Did it make you afraid? Were you comfortable? And what does it mean to you in hindsight? Now, you don't have to always include all of these details in every story. So for example, when you're writing a how-to book, the stories tend to be much shorter and you might just add one or two details. But if you're writing a memoir or a subject matter expert book, you probably are going to tell bigger stories, even in a novel, of course, because it's all one big story. So you really want to give us the rich detail that allows us to feel like we've stepped into your world. Don't ever take for granted that your reader will know what you're talking about 
because you use some kind of shorthand. And don't ever take for granted that they will know what you're talking about because they've experienced that setting. When I was a kid, my best friend lived right next door to me. From the outside, our houses were very much alike, a lot like all the other tract homes in our suburban neighborhood. But inside, things were so different from the furnishings to the temperature and the smell of the food cooking in the evenings. Our homes were nothing alike inside. Her family had a bar (laughs) in a downstairs area. My house generally had no alcohol. Her family had finished the extra room upstairs, so she had a huge bedroom bigger than her parents' master bedroom. In my house, we used that room as an attic, and I shared a bedroom with my baby sister until I got fed up and moved my bed into the dining room so I could have some space of my own. In her house, they opened the blinds to let the light in each day. In my house, we were chastised. We got in trouble if we opened the heavy forest green drapes in our formal living room, so there was little natural light in our house. The bones and the facade of our homes were so much alike, but inside, the people, the furnishing, the smells and the taste, the behavior was really, really different. Sometimes I go into someone else's house in the neighborhood, a new friend, someone who moved in, and I would feel completely disoriented because while the structure was the same, everything else was once again so different. In the same way, we all experience the neighborhood differently. For a shy, scrawny, awkward kid like me, it was often a scary place with bullies and obnoxious, gropey boys lurking around every corner. For my best friend, who was much bolder and braver, it seemed like a place to find adventure and fun and trouble to get into. Of course, that's my perspective of how she saw it. And if she told her story, she might completely prove me wrong. I coach my clients to write the best books they can possibly write, and that requires you to do more than get facts on the page when you tell a story. Writing a world-class book requires you to put your reader in the setting of your story because setting really does matter. It can almost become a character in many stories. It will require you to get the details right, and sometimes you may have to go back and revisit the plays. You might want to look through pictures or talk to people who can help you remember the way things were. Whether the story happened 30 years ago or just last year, your memory may need some refreshing, especially if you're trying to capture concrete details. When you tell a story, include the kind of details that can make the setting of your story come alive for readers who will never set foot where you once tread. That's it for this episode, my friends. For more writing tips and inspiration, follow me on IG at Candace L. Davis. Thanks for listening to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis, and I'll see you next time.